Holding the Perak Gimel. And before we get to the way that, Moshe, that Yeshua is going to divide Eretz Yisrael, which means Eretz Yisrael proper, on the west bank of the Jordan until the sea, between the remaining nine and a half Shvatim. So first, the Navi repeats to us how the two and a half Shvatim, which were Reuben and God, and the Chatzit Shevet HaMenashe, the Hafti Shevet HaMenashe, received the Nachla on the east side of the Jordan, and that had to do with Yeshua. That was already di- distributed to them and given to them by Moshe Rabbeinu on the condition that they would go and fight, which they had done. So I'm just going to raise an interesting observation, which as Hashem will talk about after you read the Pesukim, how the, the land was divided between these two and a half Shvatim. And the question is, at what stage did the half Shevet of Manasseh become part of the story? If you look at the Pasuk in Pashas Matos, it says that the Bnei God and the Bnei Reuven had a lot of cattle, and they saw the Eretz Nimra and the Eretz Yazer. These were very big, fertile areas with lots of grazing ground, so to speak, for cattle. And they came to Moshe, Bnei God and Bnei Reuven, and they asked to stay behind, and Moshe made a deal with them. And the deal was that if Bnei God and Bnei Reuven would go ahead, so to speak, be the vanguard, to fight in front of Bnei Israel, then Moshe would give them Bnei Gaon and Bnei Reuven the the east part of the of the Eretz Israel, which was Eber Yadin, and that was Bnei Gaon and Bnei Reuven agreed to. And then again in Pashas Masay, Moshe calls in the Skanim and Yeshua, and he tells them about the agreement he made with Bnei Gaon and Bnei Reuven. So we understand that they were the ones who asked for it, they were the ones who wanted it, and they were the ones who received it. And suddenly in Pashas Tvarim, when Moshe is telling Klal Yisrael about the fact that he had given the east border or the east bank of the Yarden and apportioned it to Bnei God and Bnei Reuven, then Moshe says also, I gave this to Yor ben Menashe and I gave this to Machir ben Menashe and, half, uh, and, and after that it becomes two and a half Shvatim. Not just Bnei God and Bnei Reuven, but also half of Bnei, half of Bnei Menashe. And the question was, how did Bnei Menashe get involved? The Torah doesn't say that they were part of the original people requesting it. So what stage did they get, did they, so to speak, become part of the Shvatim who were going to receive property on the eastern side of the river? And only half of them. And why only half of Shavit, right. In other words, as opposed to other Shvatim which got the Nachl in one place, Menashe was split into two, and part of them got the Nachl in Eretz Yisrael proper, and part of them got the Nachl in Eber Yadin. So was it adjacent? No, it wasn't adjacent. So what's the reason for that? So let's first see where, which area, which of the, these two and a half shots we've got, and the Bezashim will come back to discuss this point. Now there, there are a number of Mahalchim. If one looks hard enough to, in the Akronim, one will find a number of approaches to this. It's just an interesting thing people don't always think about, that we just take for granted that Chatzit Shev tagged along with the other two, but the truth is we don't really find that. They weren't the ones who asked for the land there. So it seems like it was a later thing that they were added into, so to speak, the Shvatim who are going to get Nachala on the East Bank. Anyway, so first let's see how Moshe divides the land. You hold him up Pasuk Tesvav. And the Pasuk says, Vayitun Moshe lamati b'nei Reuven l'mishmachoysom. First Moshe gave land to Shevet Reuven. Vayitun Moshe lamati b'nei Reuven So we already saw that the border of Sichon, which touches Amun. Vayitun Moshe lamati b'nei Reuven Which is the land of Sichon, and therefore the capital city also, Cheshbon. Was the capital of Sichon, the Chol Arei Hashem in the plain, Divo in the Bamisbar, or Beis Bal Meoy. 
which is where the mice of Pa'ar happened. So Kaisho camped at the time. The Ashli Sapiska, which is where the Jews camped on the other side of the yard before they crossed the base of Yeshimos. The Cholera Misha, which is called Mamlech Sichon Melech. By Maria Shemarach Bukheshpan. Ashikam Moshe Oisev is Nisir Midian. As Evi Vesrekim Vesur Veskur Vesrev and Nisir Sichon Yashvarats. And this is something we've never seen before. This is actually something fascinating. The idea that Midian was connected to Sichon. Midian was a separate country. Midian was not one of the seven nations of Canaan. And actually, Midian was a grandson, was a son of Avram Avinu. When Avram Avinu marries Keturah at the end of his life, so she had a number of children with Avram Avinu. One of the sons of Avram from his wife Keturah was Midian. They weren't part of the seven nations of Canaan. And there was no reason for Kalashal to destroy them. It was only because they decided to help, so to speak, Bilam in his campaign to be Machshul Klai Israel, to cause them to sin with, the, with their daughters, that as a revenge, Hashem said, Go and fight and take revenge against Midian because of what they did to Bnei Israel. So this was, a, so to speak, a war to fight against a nation which made us Bnei Israel and as a result caused 24,000 Jews to die. It was a separate campaign, and they killed the five kings of Midian, who the names are mentioned to every Rakim, Tzur, and Reva. Right? But that was a, a different battle altogether. Here the Novi tells us a Chiddush. It was part of the fight against Sichon. The cities of Sichon, Melech, and Mari, which Moshe killed him, Sichon, and the five kings of Midian, who were the Nesichai Sichon, Yeshvaret, who were the princes of Sichon. And Sichon was the king of the Amari. Why is there a connection between the five kings of Midian, which were an independent nation, and Sichon? So we'll see. And besides that, they killed Bilam, together with the kings, or over the kings. Um, it's interesting here also that Bilam is given the title Hakosim. Hakosim means a magician. Even though in the Torah, Bilam is not called a Kaisim. Right? Uh, but over here, in the Navi, after his died, he's called the Kaisim, the magician. Now, why is, this, why is this relevant to what we're talking about? What we're talking about is the fact that Bnei Ruven inherited the lands of Sichon, and he's now described exactly what the lands of Sichon were. This fact that the five kings of Midian were killed, as well as Bilam, seems completely tangential to the topic. Again, the, the, the campaign against the kings of Midian and Bilam was for the play, part they played in being martial to Israel, and this was a long time after the battle against Sichon. In fact, if we follow the chronology of the Torah, first Kaishal killed Sichon, because Kaishal killed Sichon, that's what made Moab, who was the neighbor of Sichon, afraid that they were going to be attacked next, like the Pesach says. Clearly in the Pesach. The king of Barak Mitzipa, the king of Moab, saw what Klayashal did to the Emari, the Emari is Sichon. And therefore, Vayogar Moab was afraid, and that's why they went to find Bilam. So the whole story with Bilam, and how that snowballed into the story of Shittim, which involved Midian, and then became the campaign against Midian, was all after Sichon had was already out of the picture. It was all after Klayashal had already conquered the land of Sichon. So what's going on over here? Why is this part of the, what the Torah tell us now, 
And Moshe defeated Sichon as well as the kings of Moab who were Sichon's princes. And Bina. So we'll see. This is YouTube. So we can finish this Nachman of Reuven. We'll come back to explain all of this. After having discussed the south and the north of Reuven's borders, now we go to the west border, which was the Yarden. At the Arim, which are the walled cities, the Chatserim, or the open cities. So we've, we've defined now exactly the land that Moshe gave to Reuven, which is basically the kingdom of Sichon. Yeah. About the, the kings of Midian. We find that when Moshe when originally wanted to ask Sichon for passage, like the Apostle says in the Torah, so he asked Sichon to allow the Jewish people to cross his land in order to get to Eretz Israel. And it says, Vayemoyin Sichon the son of Israel of Arbigvulay, Sichon refused, and that's the, that was the reason why Tzadishal fought against him. But what was Sichon's reason to refuse? So Sichon says that it's not Stam, I'm going to let people go past. I'm being paid. Right? He, was, he was considered the strongest king or one of the strongest kings in the area. And therefore, the other kings used to pay a certain insurance policy to Sichon to protect him. Right? That was the, and therefore, that, that would protect, so to speak, the eastern border of Eretz Israel because Sichon was a strong king, he had a strong army, and it would stop people coming to fight Eretz Israel from that side because Sichon would be the defendant, so to speak, of the nations of Flint. So, of course, he wasn't going to allow much to, to pass. And in fact, that was uh, as opposed to Amun and Moab, where Hashem had a reason not to fight with them. Sichon was not such a thing, and therefore that, that's what led to the war against Sichon. And I can tell you this every single time. There was a specific nest to fight against Sichon because it was a Melech Kosher, the Kvotas, and the place which was hard to fight. And because of the Kvotas, there was a certain miraculous element to the war, because otherwise Sichon would have been very hard to fight. That's how he was used as the def- one to defend, so to speak, Eretz Now, what you see over here is therefore there was a concept, and you'll see this in other kings later on also, specifically in Nebuchadnezzar, when you get to that part of the Nach, and that is, there was an idea that even though they were independent kings, but they used to have pay certain uh, tax, if one wants to call it that, or certain amounts to a stronger king who would therefore be Responsible to protect him. Right. Which was except it wasn't to somebody like a mercenary who's you're paying as a knight or as a soldier. It was to pay a stronger king who would, whose army would be a deterrent against uh, an invasion because people would be scared of the stronger king. And therefore, even though the weaker king has retained their autonomy as rulers, but they were relying on the stronger king to protect them militarily. Uh, just the best example of this is the time of Nebuchadnezzar. So the Jewish people who knew that Babel was coming to attack them, Right, decided that they're going to pay Paru, the king of Egypt, protection money to come in, to, to come to their rescue. And the Pesach says in Yirmiyahu that when the soldiers of Babel heard that the Egyptian army was marching to, to defend the Jewish people who had paid for that privilege, so they turned around and they went back again. And that was one of the, one of the smoke screens, if one wants to call it that, before the Khorban. Because when Yirmiyahu kept telling them that the, the army of Babel is coming, and you're going to get, and this is going to be the Chorban. They're coming to punish you for and they're going to destroy the city, and they're going to take him into captivity. The people turned around them and said, look what happened. We paid the Egyptians enough money, and Babel retreated. Which is true, that's the, that is what happens. And so the number of the verse in Yimiyama, the Yimiyama says, don't, don't believe it, Babel's retreated, they're coming back again. 
And indeed they did. What happened was the Egyptians, for whatever reason, changed their minds uh, mid-March and went back to Egypt. And then when Baal was sold, no one was coming to back up the Jews. So they came back. And then they destroyed the Mesa Migdash. That's what they referred to as Kone Rotsons? Yeah. That's what I mentioned. I'll, 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 one of the many nevels about this, many nevels about this, is Hashem tells Jewish people what you're relying on. Uh, Kone Rotsos, on a broken reed. It's right, because you can't rely on it. If you're lying on a strong tree, something where you can be weighted, but a broken reed can't hold weight. And therefore, he said you're lying on it's trying to protect you. They're not going to be able to protect you. Yes. And uh, you'll see also a number of times in Eicha, the same sentiment is uh, mentioned a number of times. For example, the pastor says one of the second Eicha talking about this. But when our hopes, we hope they'll go to Yeshua for the nation who never saved us. And it's referring to Mitzrayim. The Jewish people paid good money to Mitzrayim to come and protect them, and they never did. And as they started, but then they gave up, they didn't, whatever the reason was. And this happens a number of times also. You'll find some of the king of Asher, some of the king of Aram, whoever was considered the strongest king of, the, of the, that part of the world, that was used as a protection for all the other kings. And therefore Midian was doing the same thing. Midian was doing the same thing. Just like the kings of Canaan, on the one side, were relying on Sichon to protect them, Midian was relying on Sichon to protect them also. And that's why over here, the kings of Midian are called the Nesichai Sichon, which means the princes of Sichon. They were relying on Sichon as their protector. And uh, we, this answers another question, which, which sounds strange, if you just look at the way the Torah brings the account. And that is, we understand Moab had a reason to fight for the Jewish people. Moab were threatened. Right? They were the ne- next-door neighbors of Sichon, and they thought that Klaishal were going to attack them next. But what was Midian's reason to get involved? We don't see why Midian had any reason to, to pick a fight with Klai uh, Bilam was an exception. Bilam came because he was paid to come. But when Bilam then tells the king of Moab this idea of let's cause Klai to sin and then uh, Hashem will punish them for sinning, that was the idea was Benoist Moab, to bring the girls of Moab. And once again, it's one of those things in the Torah that if you follow the storyline carefully, there's a point missing. Bilam's advice to Barak was that, uh, like the Gemara says, uh, Hashem doesn't like Znus, Hashem doesn't like immorality. If you can be martial clashal with immorality, they'll lose their protection. But Bav, Moab thinks it's a great idea, and therefore the Benois Moab, the daughters of Moab, came to be martial clashal. And the next pasuk, when it talks about Shittim, what the, the sin that clashal did in Shittim, suddenly Benois Midian are on the scene. Where did they come from? Who brought them into the Parashibichra? Balak as a king of Moab could have maybe convinced the people of Moab to participate in the plan. We had a million get involved. They weren't even a factor before. Right? The only thing we saw in Tonam at Midian is that Bilam was in Midian and therefore the Zikna of Midian went to Bilam to get him to come. But this idea of Midian taking part in, in Bilam's plan, the Torah doesn't talk about that. All we know about it is that they were also involved and then the daughter of the king of Midian, Cosby, Bastur, the king of Midian was the one who was martial the, the Nazi of Shimon, and now Shimon says, let's be taking revenge against Midian. But if you think about the storyline, there's a point missing. What brought Midian into the picture? We should have taken revenge against Moab. We should have taken revenge against Moab. The reason we didn't is because Shimon was waiting for us. And therefore, to destroy Moab now, like Pigamara says, Hashem says, I'm not going to destroy Moab, it's a predator to there's, there's something I'm waiting for for Moab. And it was worth keeping the nation alive until Rus was born, and after David Amelech destroyed Moab. But, uh, but the question is, how did Bidin get involved in the Pasha? Where, 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 where was their involvement? Why did they get, what, what was their, 
Revach over here. What did they try to gain? So here we start to see a bit of the answer. And that is, Midian also had a complaint against the Jewish people. And that was because he killed Sichon. Sichon was a protector. And uh, therefore, even though Midian wasn't directly threatened by the, by the Jews, they weren't trying to conquer Midian. Like I said, Midian was not one of the seven nations. Midian was actually a cousin. Midian was the son of Abraham Avinu also. Right? But uh, here we see that, uh, that Midian's interest in fighting the Jewish people was, so to speak, because they lost Sichon. The Jewish people destroyed Sichon. So therefore, the kings of Midian had, had a reason, so to speak, to, to want to fight against the Jewish people. Or want to take revenge upon once against the Jewish people. And if this is the case, we see another interesting point. Like everything else in the Torah, it's Midian connected Midian. If the campaign of Midian was the comma against the Jewish people, then, Hashem, then the fight later on against Midian was the comma against Midian. If the reason why the Midian came to Machshalas was the comma, for was revenge, so to speak, for killing a Sichon, then when Hashem says, Nakoim Nikmas Bnei Yisrael Mesa Midianim, Hashem says, now you take revenge on Midian, it's Midian Egev Midian. It was an act of revenge for an act of revenge. It was, in other words, one against the other one. And that's why, when it talks now about the fact that we killed Sichon, so it brings the kings of Midian into the parish also. And at the same time, Bilam ben Bar. The, he was the one who's put it all together. It was Bilam's plan which, which gave Midian the way to, so to speak, uh, attack Israel. Because again, Midian wasn't interested in fighting Israel militarily. They had, after Sichon got killed, they had everything to lose by that. Right? It was only that when Bilam had this idea of how one could cause Israel, so to speak, tremendous losses without, an, without open warfare, by being marshaled them, so then Midian felt that they could get involved in that. And therefore, since Bilam was unorchestrated, it, then Yemele, he died, he was killed at the same time. Right, so that's, that was the, in a sense, the completion of the fight with Sichon. This was all a follow-on because of the of Sichon. And Yemele, that's why here to the, the Navi brings them all together. Anyway, what we wanted to get to is this was the land that was given to Bnei Ruvain. We'll see next time, Be'ez Hashem. So we're on our time now is we'll talk about the lands given to God and Menashe, and then we'll go back and explain where Menashe came into the picture, how come Chatzis and Menashe were landed up on the other side of the earth as well.